Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Yo, 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 everybody. Welcome to Beyond the Brand Podcast. I'm your host, Evan Pabuda. I'll be joined today by our usual co host, Alex Boudreau. Um, and our special guest on today's episode is Eli Sones from Two Friends. Uh, some of you guys, if you don't know the name of the group or you don't know or you aren't familiar with Two Friends, you've definitely probably heard of their big booty mixes. Um, I think they're up to about 17 now. Big Woody Mix 17 came out a couple weeks ago. Um, straight fire. So if you haven't listened to it yet, definitely give it a listen. Um, and yeah, I mean, we just talked through their whole careers, um, them touring in the United States, um, you know, just kind of how they got their start. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's some good content, a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, we're excited to share with you guys. So um, yeah, Bruce, take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, It's time! Recording out of New York City, New York. Welcome to the undisputed greatest podcast in the world, Beyond the Brand! Eli, um, want to thank you for coming on the show. Um, we're huge fans, so this is fucking this is dope. But um, take us a little bit through um, your upbringing. Uh, you grew up in LA. Um, how you kind of met Matt, and then kind of how you guys got to where you where you are now. Definitely. Well, first of all, thank you guys for having me slash us. <laughs> Happy to be here. Um, so yeah, so we both grew up in LA. We went to uh, middle school and high school together, and so we met right away in seventh grade, and. Uh, pretty much became best friends right away all throughout middle school, all throughout high school. And then at the very end of high school, it was kind of when we just had a little more free time because, you know, we already, we had gotten into schools and we, I don't know, we just, I guess, weren't playing sports then. And um, we kind of just on a whim, we both knew we had a background in music and an interest in music, Mm -hmm. kind of different paths. Matt was more, he he had been playing guitar and was in like the um, school band and the school choir. I was, at that time kind of getting into like mashups and DJing. Um, but we kind of just, you know, we knew we both liked music and just for fun, honestly, just like hanging out at each other's houses. We just decided, let's see what could happen and downloaded a, um, a software program pro tools, which is actually what we still use today. And, um, we kind of just, you know, didn't really have a big plan or big idea at first. Um, we honestly came up with the name two friends before we even made any music that like, we kind of, you know, we just had this idea of like, wouldn't it be fun to, to start a project and mess around and see what happens. But, um, you know, it definitely wasn't like we dropped everything we were doing and gave it, you know, this is our full-time job. We, we, we took it seriously for sure, even from the start, but you know, it was definitely more of just having fun, messing around. Yeah. Dude, it's so funny. Cause like my, so my cousin's like a little older than us. And I think he actually DM'd you guys like a video of his daughter dancing around to the, to this. Oh yeah. I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, no, nah, like, I, I like told him, he's like, yo, how did they even start? And I'm like, from what I know, they were just like two like best friends and they just literally started making music together and it's just fucking took off. That's so fucking awesome. No, I mean, that's really, that's really all there is to it. We like, you know, so we had somewhat of a background in music, but definitely no like formal training really. And we both went to college separately. I went to Vanderbilt, Matt went to Stanford, but neither of us, um, went for music. We took like, you know, a couple of elective music classes just for fun, but, um, I went for business, Matt went for product design and this all kind of just was happening on the side, you know, taken seriously and, and kind of just 
growing it during college so that by the time we graduated, which was 2015, we, you know, we, we had our foundation there. We had most of our team around us and could kind of really just hit the ground running right after we graduated. Yeah. You guys never thought about going to school together? Um, so, I mean, I applied to Stanford early, but didn't get in. So it w- would have been fun, but, um, I mean, yeah, I know, you know, I think everyone was kind of like our whole group of friends in LA, kind of everyone split up and went to a different part of the country. And no, I definitely, I actually did what I did do was, um, at Vanderbilt, my program let me do a, um, semester anywhere else in the country in a, like separate from going abroad. This was for my program. You, you could get an internship anywhere and you actually don't take classes for a whole semester. You just do this internship. So I actually did mine in Palo Alto where Stanford is. That's and that was senior year of college when things were kind of picking up. So that way for one semester, at least Matt and I were, were together kind of grinding it out. So when you, you said you like, you started doing like mashups and stuff back then, did you like, did you do it in college at all? Like when you were out, like, did they ever, anyone ever ask you, like, oh, you want to DJ at this party and stuff like that? Like, did you ever do that? So funny that you should ask that. Yeah, I definitely was doing it a little bit in the beginning of college. And that's also when Two Friends was starting. So, you know, we were putting out our own originals and remixes and mixes and everything. And um, there was one time, I was in a fraternity at Vanderbilt. And I remember there was one time where they asked me to, to DJ, but we actually had a show that we, we didn't do too many shows in college. We probably had one per month or one per two months, yeah. but it just happened that when they asked me to DJ this party, I was going to be gone. So I said, all right, you know what? I, it's a, it's a four hour tailgate party. Uh-huh. I'm just going to record something in my dorm room. I'll, yeah. I'll DJ for four hours by myself, you know, imagining what this party is going to be like. And then I'll just send you the mix as a, you know, as an MP3, you guys just play it at this party. And so I literally was in my dorm room. I remember just with headphones on, recorded myself for four hours. And then I remember asking, like, how'd it go? And someone said that five minutes in, you know, some drunk person wanted to hear a different song. And so they just changed it, not realizing it was like a full mix. So then they just, you know, it lasted five minutes. And from then on, I just, I, I was like, you know what? <laughs> so you put four hours of work and they only listened to five minutes of it. Yeah, I can't, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> so we did, we, we went to a lot. My, that, and that was just my specific fraternity was just, you know, it just wasn't the right the right place for it. We went to a lot of other schools and did the, um, you know, played parties during college. But so, so, so before the, the name two, two friends, friends, you actually you had actually a name, had yourself, name yourself, right? Called the yes, the friendly well, yeah. giant. I did, yeah. Um, I was the friendly giant way back when. <laughs> that was in uh, started that like in the middle of high school, just for mashups. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, you know, nothing really, I wasn't really. So you, so you were doing it in high school too. Were you, were you doing high school parties and stuff too? Um, no, I don't think I ever did anything like that. It like, at that point it was, you know, it was like, everything felt kind of new also. So like people didn't even really like EDM. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the mashups I was, I was doing at that point. You guys are more like that house feel though. Like, especially when you do these mashups and shit and these remixes, it's more like the house. Oh yeah. Now, yeah. But that kind of evolved, I think, you know, way back then, like if we're really talking friendly giant, that was, that wasn't even really like DJing or like dance music. That was just like taking a, I don't even, you know, like a pop song and mixing it with a rock song yeah. um, and just putting it on like YouTube. Not really even trying. I Like I think, and actually with Matt too, once Matt and I, you know, linked up to do two friends. Like, I think the goal always started on the music side that we wanted to work on music and make music and write music. 
And then the shows kind of came after that. We're like, okay, cool. You know, we've been making these songs and remixes and uploading them online and people seem to like them. And now there's kind of like a demand for shows. People are emailing us asking if we could come play their show. And so like, it was almost like, oh, okay, I guess we should learn how to DJ. And that kind of led to, we each bought some DJ hardware and software and kind of learned so that we could be able to kind of perform the music we had been working on. And how long, how long was that process? Like how long did it take you guys to really get the hang of DJ when you bought all that equipment? Um, I mean, the basics you could pick up pretty quickly, but then, you know, the best way to do it is just the more shows you do, the more, because so much of DJing is kind of adapting to situations that you can't prepare for yourself. If you're just in your bedroom, you know, you get, it's great to be in your bedroom messing around and working on the music selection and, you know, figuring everything out, but then, you're just going to be in a situation where probably, you know, issue X arises and you just got to be ready to like know where that's coming from and fix it quickly. So like, I think just during college, we got enough experience from doing the the shows, you know, they were still mostly like basement frat shows or like some small nightclubs or some spring break stuff. And it was really fun, but I think that was kind of like our put us through the gauntlet so that um, then it? when we really started touring more consistently, we were like, you know, we had, we had been through it. Was it um, was it challenging, like being long long distance from each other? Um, I mean, yeah, I think it definitely would have been a lot easier for a lot of things if we were together. But we were, you know, we were FaceTiming every day and emailing every day, and even we figured out like a complicated way to send his audio to my like screen share, but with his audio, but he could also talk out loud, and basically, so we could just act as if you know we're there together working on the same project. But um. I mean, also, you know, it was probably good that we both went off and, you know, had like we're in hindsight, we're still super happy that we both went to college and, and finished and graduated. I think right around like senior year was kind of a point where things were going well. We weren't really necessarily making money, but things were going well and seemed like it was a good trajectory. But, you know, we're like, all right, we're seniors. We should. We're so close. Let's finish up. Let's, you know, work our, our senior year, graduate. We'll be, you know, we're, we're going to be happy we did, but then let's give this a shot. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I think just both of us, like, yeah, we kind of always, we always took music so seriously, but we also knew like, you know, it's, it's very hard to make a income and, you know, make it, make it your career. So we kind of, you know, we're also realized we, we were lucky enough to, to have this great opportunity for great education. Like we can't, you know. How, when, when were, how much were you guys making when you were doing like these like small clubs and like these other college parties and shit like that? Just like a couple hundred? Or were they just paying you like free booze and shit? Like what would they get? Um, I mean, so we never really did the route of like, you know, just playing it for free booze just because like our, we were in a position where we, we, we were lucky enough where we were in college, we weren't really worried about making money. So we kind of wanted to take our time a little more and like focus on the music side. Kind of like I said, you know, the music kind of came first and then the DJ came after so i you know we would do it would pretty much be they would pay for our flights they'd pay for hotel and then after we had to pay our managers and our agent like we you know we'd end up with a couple hundred bucks each yeah and we'd just be at that point we'd say we'd pretty much say yes to any event that we would make a little bit of money to and wouldn't be just like such a you know we didn't want it to be like a sketchy party or like a weird look, but, um, so, so you, were you, you said you had an agent early on, were you, you guys were always signed to CAA or no? 
Well, I, actually, I guess I guess we we didn't have the agent till the end of college, like end of senior year. So I guess yeah, for the first couple of years of college, we definitely did some things where it was just ourselves handling our emails and being like, yeah, I guess you know we'll we'll do this for this amount. Can you get us these flights or whatever? But then yeah, we um our agent Ferry right now he um he's at CAA, but he actually started at APA, gotcha. and we've been with him since he was there. So we've been with him since he's actually the only agent we've ever had. So we end of college which was 2015 yeah till now yeah that's dope because CAA is like their top dog so that's that's dope but um yeah um, he's the man yeah yeah so, so um yeah so when did you like you said you finished around that towards the end of college there you know you guys started to pick up a little bit started to get like real serious when was like the first like big break where you were like holy shit like we're, we're actually doing something like pretty pretty dope here yeah I mean I think I think the way it works for for a lot of people that kind of have been in similar paths to us is like there's not really a big break it's just a, such a series of like small little things and like you don't really even realize it until you kind of look back and think like oh wow like you know that's why sometimes it's funny those like facebook things that pop up like one yeah. year ago today or whatever because yeah. it's like you really don't think about things until you're like wow like a year ago we were doing that and now you know just this weekend we did this or whatever so like there was a series towards the end of college I'll put it this way. Towards the end of college, we knew we were going to go for it. That no matter what, by the end of junior year, we were like, all right, we're going to finish up college, but we are not getting normal jobs. You know, we're going to give this. We, I think we probably talked about doing like two years. We're like, we're going to give this two years no matter what. Even if we make zero dollars, we're going to grind it out for two full years. And if at two years we still have made zero dollars and it's not looking good, then maybe we need to reevaluate. Yeah. Wasn't that we were going to quit, but like, Two years is like, all right, let's figure this out. Yeah. And so we, the first year out of college, we, again, we were lucky enough that we could live with our parents. So we, again, we weren't really worried about making money. We kind of were thinking a little bigger picture and realizing if we are going to make this a career, like it's not just about making money right now. It's about, you know, setting this up to really be like a full career. So that first year was just kind of like really making a lot of music, building up the foundation, planning out a lot of stuff and kind of just like setting the tone. And then things really started clicking about a year after we graduated. So around like 2016, things just started clicking where the music was connecting. We were like, we had gone from being in college and, you know, not having too many hours each day to focus on music. Any hours we could, we try, but like all of a sudden you go from the amount you could do in a week of college, you could do in one day in the studio because that's our full-time job. So we were just way more consistent with more releases. You know, we were improving, we were doing other things. And then the shows really started to like the uh, demand for shows really started to pick up. And so I think once it kind of trends and it was, you know, it kind of just went from, what you know damn we're doing a show every now and then it would be nice to do more shows to then you kind of just go in like quote unquote the circuit whatever that really means and like we kind of haven't left you know you go in and that around that time was like all right we're gonna do a show we're gonna do a friday saturday show this weekend we'll come back home now next weekend we're going out for friday saturday come back home friday saturday we've kind of been doing that for the past five years since then and so. how how supportive were your parents 
your guys' parents when when you just when you told them like so that might not be that might not be a traditional route. It's like, hey guys, we're not, we went to college for years. We're not getting a job. We're doing this. What about your friends too? Yeah, we we definitely think we're super lucky in that sense too because they were very supportive. Um, you know, I think we it, a lot was on us to kind of prove to them of like not you know they didn't I don't think they doubted us but they also at the same time you know it's like you said it's not very traditional to like go to Stanford and Vanderbilt and then just not get a job and you know not have income and try to make music so I think they were just almost like curious of all right what's going to happen but you know we took it so like we were pretty disciplined from the very start and I think that started during college Mm -hmm. you know I mentioned we did a lot long distance but then anytime we were home in LA for like you know summer break and spring break if we were home for a little or you know even Thanksgiving break or any anytime we were home we were like all right you know we can't just lollygag and mess around like if this is really going to be serious we got to treat it like a job and obviously we're still you know we're not going to make it not fun it's still going to be fun we're still making music and hanging out at the end of the day but let's kind of set some hours so we like early on in college during those summer breaks we're like all right let's let's meet at the studio at 11 and let's work here till seven and then you know let's you know let's not really do let's not plan activities during those so like it's so easy obviously if you just if your only responsibility is to hang out and make music and someone calls you up and says hey man you know let's go whatever let's go to the beach and like obviously we're not saying like you can't ever have fun ever but like we just wanted to take it seriously and like even though it doesn't seem like a real job Mm -hmm. you know it was to us so I think that kind of during those summers that kind of gave us a nice like workflow and kind of helped us understand like this is what it would look like if we are doing this full time and so that when we did graduate you know day one after graduation we were back in the studio we knew it wasn't like we didn't have to figure out too much of like how is this going to work we're like all right we know the drill you know matt you know your responsibilities eli i know my responsibilities we know all the the parts that intersect that we do obviously together which is a lot um you know here's we have our team, we have our managers, we have our agent, we have all these people, you know, this is, we're, we're, let's, you know, let, let's get the machine rolling. And I think for our parents, I think they were super supportive. And then it was, you know, they were excited to see that took a little bit to get going, but then we were able to support ourselves and, you know, it's, it's, yeah. What, What about your friends that took the nine to five route? Were they like discouraging towards you guys? No, I mean, I think they were excited too. I think, you know, they they had a lot of fun supporting us from the very start of like in high school, making the Facebook group for us and invite spamming everyone in our grade of, you know, hey, Manuel, I started this, go like this page. And then we were doing, you know, some of the early on shows. If we, we played at like USC and we had a couple of friends from home uh, go to USC. So they were, they were, you know, hanging out with us, going to this party. And um, yeah, I mean, I think definitely a, different lifestyle than you know the, the nine to five and then versus our job but i think you know that everyone's been super supportive and we love having them out at as many shows and um yeah did you guys have any like rough patches throughout the years um i mean we've been pretty lucky where like when you ask that nothing pops out it's like oh wow that was such a rough time i mean right now is, is definitely a rough time if yeah if, you know like obviously everyone is going through a tough time right now and a lot of people are you know 
don't have a lot of uncertainty about their careers and future. But um, yeah, if this is music industry, it's tough because, you know, most of our most of um, our income is coming from touring. We obviously can't be touring. So, you know, the good, the good, the bittersweet side of it, the good side is um, we are, you know, we have all this extra time in the studio to be working on music. And then, you know, it's something where like kind of used to always joke about how we've been, we're gone every single weekend. We have short week, you know, we're in the studio maybe Monday to Wednesday, but then Thursday we need to fly and go somewhere for the whole weekend. So we always used the joke about like, how nice would it be if we had, you know, a couple months to just be like totally in the studio, not have to worry about traveling. But, you know, we kind of thought like that would be on our own terms. You know, we decided to take a break and not be at a time when like, you know, normally there'd be a lot of shows going on and festivals are starting up. But like, you know, I definitely, I feel awkward complaining because I know obviously a ton of people have it way worse. So we're still lucky, you know, to, to you know, be able to, to stay busy um in terms of other rough patches i mean but it's just it's it's fun to look back on the beginning because you know the beginning is the toughest but it's also when you're probably the hungriest Mm -hmm. and not you know we're definitely still very hungry now and we stay very motivated but like it's cool to look back and think back to when we're just in our dorm rooms like and you're just anything you could do to to try to help your brand grow and work on new music and um, you know, it's, it's when new, when young up and coming people kind of reach out and ask like for advice, it, it's hard. It's like the landscape has also changed so much in the past five to seven years, which is, you know, kind of back when we were starting, like that, first of all, a lot of things have changed. So it's, it's just hard in general, but yeah, I mean, there's not like, you know, we, we, there's a lot of luck involved. There's a lot of timing involved. It's super helpful that there's two of us to kind of have double the ammo, um, but yeah, you know, it's it's just a grind and it's a slow, slow grind for pretty much every single artist we know. It's a slow grind. And, you know, they've had certain things that are, you know, help, you know, certain big moments, but like so much work. I know that's like a cliche that, what is it? Um, uh, an overnight success or an, yeah, an overnight success took years to make, but like, that's so true that you, yeah. you have to work so hard at the beginning to build it up to give yourself that opportunity for those big things to happen. Yeah. And yeah, you guys, you guys seem from all the interviews I've seen and like, I mean, I've DM'd you a couple of times and then obviously having you on here, you guys seem really humble and like grateful for the people that support you too, which is awesome because a lot of people along the way might forget about that. Um, and you guys, like, I mean, you answer a lot of DMs, you like, you know, respond to a lot of fans, you interact with it a lot. And you guys did that, the show last night on Instagram live, which I checked out for a little bit. Um, what, what, what makes you guys tick that way? Cause I think that's a huge reason for success too, is you, you guys are interacting with everyone. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, our mindset is sometimes, or sometimes we think about like, how are other people not doing that? Just cause like, you know, the fans are the ones driving every part of it. They're the ones listening to the music. They're the ones interacting on social media. They're the ones coming to the shows. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, we're obviously so grateful for that. And there's also, it's just such a win-win. Like if we are after every show, we always hang around, you know, instead of just dipping out and going back to the hotel, like, well, we'll come down to the front and we'll hang around, take pictures, you know, as long as we can. until sometimes security might, might get antsy and kick us out, but like something like that, where it's like, why wouldn't you do that? We, you know, we got to meet the people that are listening and coming to the shows. And like, those are the ones kind of motivating us to, to keep going. And then, we, you know, we got to, grab a picture and like 
it just, I don't know. It's such a simple thing and we get a reward out of it. They get a reward out of it. So, you know, we're, we're super grateful for all the, for all the fans that we, you know, the fan base we've been able to build up. And, um, you know, I think the way the music landscape is now, like music always has to be the number one priority, but then there's also obviously a lot of other factors and like, you know, it's not just, clicking play on SoundCloud or Spotify and listening to us. And then, you know, we want to make it more of like an overall thing with our social media and branding and videos and content and merch and, you know, everything where like, we want it to be bigger than just, you know, one facet. Yeah. When security, you said security gets antsy when you're down there with partying with the people after the show, are they getting antsy or are you guys getting too rowdy? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit of both. A little bit of both. <laughs> yeah. So, cause I was going to ask, cause gonna, like, you understand, like, your big booty mixes, how many drunken, drug-infused, sex-infused parties and weekends they, they give to people in that uh, age range between 18 <laughs> and mid-20s. That's, like, insane. Does that guy, does that guy get you guys a little fired up, too? Like, how does that feel? Yeah, I mean, that, so that, like, that's what's been so fun about those mixes is, like, they just work in so many settings. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, obviously a lot of crazy parties, but people are working out to them. They're road tripping to them. And so, like, putting those together is just fun imagining yeah. people just kind of all the, in, you know, when we release them and everyone sends in videos of them listening, it's cool to see all the people in different parts of the country or different parts of the world even. And, you know, obviously this time was a little different where everyone's on lockdown, but, you know, normally they're at their college parties or they're on a run or they're driving or whatever. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, those are a blast to make. I mean, when you guys dropped Big Woody 17, me and him immediately got fucked up as soon as we started hearing it. Like, <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. That's, <laughs> that makes us proud. You're right, though. Like, my cousin's kid is three. He's about to be 37. We're in our mid-20s, like, and every, every age group, like, three-year-olds are listening to it, loving it. We're listening to it, loving it. Like, it's crazy. It's yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of what, just on the musical selection, we try to get pretty diverse and pick out songs from, you know, different genres and different time different times, different decades even, um, yeah. and kind of have a little something for everyone. Awesome. So now that, now that we're talking about Big Booty, obviously, like that was like what really kind of catapulted you guys there. Um, what, like, where did that idea come from? Like, where did the name for it come from? How did the idea of like mixing like these little sound bites with these, like these all-time hits, like where did that idea come from? So that was early on, actually. That was probably like freshman year of college for us. So this is back in 2011, 2012. And we had been making some, like I started out doing the, like we talked about the friendly giant mashups. And then when we started two friends, we did a couple more like mashup things just cause that was a nice foot in the door. Where like at the time mashups were still pretty in, I guess. And um, we just did a couple just for fun. But I think we were realizing at that time, we, we kind of wanted to step a little away from that. And kind of at that point we were a little more, focused on like, like the DJ world and electronic music. And it just felt like the big, where the big booty mix came in was like, you know, it could, if we're going to, instead of making these individual mashups where it was just like a three minute song, yeah. what if we combine a bunch together, make it an hour long thing and kind of present it in the format more, more of like a DJ format as opposed to just here's a mashup, a quick little mashup. And so that was kind of the first inspiration and then it, we're like, all right, wow, it's going to be an hour. There's a lot we could do. You know, let's just get diverse and, you know, mix in all this stuff we can play around with. And then 
the sound bites just came just just on a whim also just you know just messing joking around with each other i think we used to, that was like a big joke in our friend group of like imagining huge build-ups to like you know if you're in like you're at a festival or something and you're in you know you're seeing some dj perform and there's a huge build-up and we would always used to joke right before the drop we'd look at each other and like say a funny quote from a movie and then boom, you know, right. so so we're like oh yeah like we i think we even had um now that i'm thinking back and i'm pretty sure we had like i had a um a notepad in my or a note on my iphone and it was just all these funny quotes even before the big booty mix existed and it was like all these quotes that would be funny to put right before a drop and just anytime someone we would watch a movie or something, I would just be like, wow, how funny would that be? And then we kind of just implemented that. And then, yeah, I mean, those just took yeah. on a life of their own, which is <laughs> like that, you know, those are, like I said, so fun to make. And I think cool for us to see kind of it bring in all sorts of different people that yeah. might otherwise not really be exposed to dance music and come, you know, when they come to our type of shows, they, you know, they might not be going to too many other DJ shows. And so I think that's been really cool. What the mixes have been able to do is kind of get a foot in the door, you know, play popular songs that people can sing along to fun for parties and working out and then kind of welcome them to the rest of what we do as two friends, essentially. Yeah. Who are your other favorite DJs? Cause you probably met, you know, thousands of them. Yeah, I mean, it's always fun. Like, the, at first, the first four years or whatever, we weren't really doing too many shows. So we most of our DJ friends were just from online, which was super helpful, too. You know, kind of getting in groups of people that you could send songs back and forth for feedback and collaborate in certain ways. Um, so, you know, we, we built up a lot of friends. And then once you do start touring and you do play festivals and certain shows that have multiple DJs on them, then you get to meet a lot of people that way, which is fun. So, yeah, I mean... Some of our closer DJ friends right now, Young Bombs, they're a duo. They're hilarious. Um, we're friends with Elefante. Uh, we're friends with Blau. We're, you know, th there's, there, there's a, a great community, at, and especially at festivals where there's kind of like a communal area for people to eat and hang out. Like, everyone's just so nice. And in our experience, at least, when, when we've met other DJs, like, it's always been positive. It's you know, no one's really been like a diva to us or anything like that. And then you guys even had, I mean, the chain smokers said about you guys, you guys were the most underrated artists in 2017. What is that like? Cause they're like, yeah, that's fucking, scary. that's fucking dope. Yeah. That was, that was awesome to see. They're super nice guys. They've reached out a couple of times and we've talked a little bit. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they obviously had a huge platform. So they like 2016, I want to say 2016 or 17, they played a couple of our songs uh, or of our remixes they played one at ultra and one at coachella and like so you know for them they're just playing their set without even realizing like that's a huge moment for us and that's a huge kind of stamp of credibility for us of going from like you know hey we're these guys in our basement uploading songs to soundcloud but but now you know the these superstar djs are playing this at the biggest festivals yeah. so i that, that i just remember someone texting us like dude, I'm, I'm watching the live stream of Ultra. They just played your Blink-182 remix and we like tune in right away on YouTube. And that was just like, wow, like, you know, this is, this is a big moment. Um, so, yeah, and then, yeah, they're, 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 they've paved the way for a lot of people like us just because they were one of the people early on in, in the US where like 
to kind of bridge the gap between underground EDM. Not that it was like super underground, but you know, it was definitely growing significantly, but still they, they kind of helped bring a lot of that to the mainstream into radio and kind of make it a little more accessible, which I think was a huge moment of going from, you know, it wasn't just DJ dance music. It was just music. And, you know, I think that helped me and Matt a lot with the type of music we've been making is not, we're not as worried about like, does this fit the classic definitions of what our genre is versus, you know, if it's good, it's good. And it has some influences in dance, some influences in pop, some in rock, some in hip hop, whatever, you know, it's, people just want good music. Yeah, for sure. So if Matt wasn't your best friend, who would be one person you would want to collab with? On a, uh, like musically. Yeah. yeah. Um, whew, that's tough. I mean, we, there's such a long list of people that would be insane. Uh, someone to, for me, I'd say probably like someone like chance the rapper or just like he could that, that I, we just, we've been writing a lot of songs in that vibe too, where it's kind of like the sing rap vibe. Um, and I just think there's so much versatility there. Chance the Rapper. I know Matt would say uh, Ben Gibbard from, he's the singer in Death Cab for Cutie. Um, he loves, and he's, he's also in a postal service. And then we've always talked about uh, doing a song with Blink-182 would be obviously insane too. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's a ton. Yeah. What, what about a, like a DJ? DJ, I mean, we've actually, yeah, we haven't done too many collabs um, with other DJs we've we've definitely done a few but um I mean I, part of that is just because there's two of us already so honestly you know sometimes feels like we're doing a collab just between ourselves um but I mean they're like I'll, I could just rattle off some of the DJs we we've been loving for a while and still love Audien uh Don Diablo I mean some of the Swedish guys Alesso mm-hmm. uh, I mean yeah, th- th- there's there's a ton. Elenium is crushing it, obviously. Griffin's crushing it. Um, Lewis the Child, we know those dudes. They're crushing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Is there a, has there ever been a time where you met someone in your guys' like experience where you like kind of looked at each other like, holy shit, like we just met like so and so? Like, have you guys been kind of starstruck? Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> um, I think. I mean, especially I would say that like that when when you first get into. Yeah. You first start touring a little more consistently and you get to go to those festivals and kind of be in those backstage. Even actually, even before we were touring, I remember our managers were able to hook us up with some like artist passes for, I think it was EDC or Ultra or something where we weren't even playing, but they were able to get us into that backstage area. And, I, and it was just like, you know, it was just like, we, it, it just, it was funny. It was almost like, it was almost like they're like NBA players and you had their trading cards. It was just like, yeah. oh, dude, you know, there's Zed, there's Porter Robinson, there's Skrillex. Like, did yeah. any of them, did any of them notice you guys? And like, yeah, what's up? Like two friends and you guys are like, holy shit, like how the fuck do they know who they are? That, I feel, I, I can't, you know, it's not, I don't have uh, the exact memory, but I feel like that probably has happened where, yeah, that, that <laughs> another cool stamp of like, oh my God, like, wow, he actually knows me? Or, yeah, yeah you know, even if they, the, you get a dm or an email of like hey man like can you actually can you send me that song that i saw you guys released that song i'd love to play it and like even if it's online not even in person that that's still early on like that that's huge yeah. and so you know we try to pay that back when we can too you know when people send us stuff if 
you know, we'll try to listen through and download stuff, play stuff on our radio show. And um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a, it, it's a great community. I think more than it gets credit for, especially since just by default people, you know, the, a lot of the people that are drawn to electronic dance music are going to be kind of tech savvy internet people. And like, so there's already that built in internet aspect where people are just, you know, sending stuff back and forth and trying to if if you grow and then i grow then you can help me and i could help you and we could collaborate and you know I, I think the online community was very helpful early on i think that's common across not even just like that industry in general because we, we've had a couple <laughs> yeah. people on we've had a couple of people on where it's like the common theme underlying theme of a lot of people who've been successful is like we help so and so and then down the line, if they, whatever, blow up or make it big or do something great, they can come back and help us. You might remember a time down the line, like, oh, I remember that one guy, I could help him or something, some, like, you know, it's just, it's crazy. Absolutely. And the, and the best part of that is that it's, it's usually super organic. Like, it's not, you're not doing it with an ulterior motive of, you're not saying like, hey, man, yeah, like, okay, cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll um, you know, I'll repost your song because I know that. I can get this from you next time. It, exactly. it was more, you know, it's more just like, yeah, like, well, let's all help each other out. We're not like, I guess in some sense you are competing against each other, but more than competing against each other, you're, you're on the same team. You're, you're on the same team of just trying to get like, I guess EDM at the time you're trying to get EDM to win because mm -hmm. that's going to help everyone. You know, like 100%. if if you could get like, if you could get $500 and I'm only getting a hundred, you might feel like you're, you know, you're winning five times more, but wouldn't you rather us both get $5,000, you know? So like that was kind of the mindset of let's all help each other. Yeah, I agree. Has there ever been like a, like a show you guys have done that's just been like completely out of control. You're like, Holy fuck. Like this is, this is nuts. Cause you guys, you guys draw a big party crowd. Like I said, okay. that, that like yeah. college age and like mid twenties range, like you drive like a big party scene. Yeah, no, that's been, it's been fun also like, you know, kind of like what I said about the big booty mix is also our live show kind of, you know, it's, I think it's relatively versatile. It's been fun where we get to go to colleges. We get to go to nightclubs, festivals, the pool parties, like kind of get to see a lot of different types of events in different parts of the country. So like definitely had a fair share of crazy stuff. And I, when you're saying out of control, I don't know if you mean just the, you know, the partying was out of control or we've also had a fair share of ones where, just like logistically the party was actually out of control and did not go well <laughs> i mean i mean take us through both i mean uh, either or <laughs> yeah, we definitely had somewhere like the cops shut it down before we could even start we had one where we were plugging in so like we were 30 seconds away from starting and then the cops shut it down We've had ones where we show up and they don't they they assume that we were going to bring our own speakers and lights so, so what do you do at that point? Do you go straight home? Or do you just stay and get fucked up with them? Yeah, or you go to the local... It, that, it's not like that happens all the time. That, that happened like once or twice. But yeah, we stayed with them and we hung out with them, got dinner with them, and then they actually brought us back and we did like we did it proper. Um, um, I mean, yeah, we, we've, we've been all over. We've, we've definitely seen... I love how you say it with like a smirk on your face. Like there's just so many stories you wish you could tell. Yeah, it's, I, it's like I wish I did a better job of like writing down the best... Because people ask us this question all the time, and it, it's so hard to remember like the specific best stories. But like when someone does, you know, mention something that makes me that jogs my memory, like there's there's just some funny ones and certain you know certain colleges that we could just like certain ones that just go so hard every time. And 
certain festivals where just like we didn't know what to expect and then the tent like overflows and those are just fun memories so when you're doing these festivals are you getting fucked up with the crowd as well i mean we like we it's rare now that we'll get like too drunk at a show like we'll we'll have a couple drinks to kind of you know loosen up and stuff but i think just from the volume of touring like it's just too hard to be like doing that every day and then also trying to party and stay up every single night like you know you're already up doing your show till 2 a.m so like there's some guys that can kind of handle that where they they finish a show and then they're out till seven in the morning and then they're on a plane at eight and doing a show when they land and like you know for us it's just in college we were definitely a little more i guess uh loose with like what we you know we were drinking a little more probably and um having a little more fun but we still have fun but just you know i think kind of keep it a little in moderation (laughs) what's uh so like what was like the biggest crowd you guys performed from biggest crowd um so some of the festivals probably i don't know they don't really ever give us like a tally of how many people showed up to our specific stage but some of those were pretty massive we also we opened for big gigantic at red rocks in colorado which is like i think ten thousand people and that was so you know it wasn't our show we were the opener but still i remember that was the first you know that was about six months or it was in september yeah so like five or six months ago and seven months ago and we've been doing shows now pretty much every single week for the past four or five years and so like at this point we don't really get nervous before shows we get a little bit of like anxious i guess is a better word of just you know we're ready and there's a lot that go a lot of you know you're backstage you just kind of want to go and get started but um bread rocks that one with big gigantic was like i remember stepping out on that stage and i don't know if you've ever been there but it's like it's one of the coolest venues in the country it's outdoors in this huge red rock amphitheater and it's the crowd is like very uh i guess like tall and slanted kind of like towering over you and it's awesome but i just remember being a little like that was the first time in like years where i stepped out on the stage and was just like holy shit there are a lot of people here do you matt like a small little person (laughs) do you matt like have to like amp each other up before you go out sometimes because you guys seem like super laid back so do you guys got to kind of like talk each other out i mean so that's what you know we'll have a a couple drinks loosen up and then we have more than me and matt amping each other up i think it's usually probably the other people that are hanging out backstage so you know we have like our videographer we have like our saxophonist we'll have certain friends that depending on what city we're in and then we'll kind of all like huddle up and get a little handshake in or like you know get get pumped up and whoa <laughs> yeah but um but yeah i mean i think at this point like the easy just getting the show started is the easiest way to get pumped up because when you're just there and the crowd is going crazy and the place is packed like you're just going to feed off of that no matter what so how many how many shows a week would you say you guys did when you're touring so I think, I mean, obviously the situation now where we haven't been doing shows for about a month and that'll kind of mess up the whole uh, yeah. numbers and stuff of it. But usually we're, we're sticking to about like 90 shows a year. Wow. Um, I think this, well, this year we would have gone over 100 for the first time because we actually were super lucky before all this happened. We were able to get in our big tour this year. So we did... Um, the Camp Superdope tour was a co-headline tour, us in Matoma. Yeah. And we did a whole, it was our first bus tour, actually. So up to this point, we had been doing 
fly-in shows only. So we would, you know, we're based in LA. We have our studio in LA in Matt's basement. We're there Monday to Wednesday, Monday to Thursday, whatever it may be. And then we fly, do a couple shows, come back, go back to the studio, do that over and over. But this was the first time in 2020, January through March, where we had a bus for eight weeks and we don't come back home. We, we live on the bus. We do five shows a week, have a couple nights off where we're just, you know, in a certain city, wherever the bus has, is at that point, and then do it all over again. So that one, we did like 37 shows and 52 nights. Uh, I think that's that was, that was intense. That was very different, but that was the time of my life. Like, I would assume that's fun though. Like road tripping with your boys the whole time. Like you just- Absolutely. That was, so, I mean, yeah, we, that, we were new to it and Matoma had done it a few times and then, uh, the Win and Woo, they're another DJ duo. They were the opener for the tour, so they were on the bus too. And they had done the bus a couple times too. But we had no, you know, we had toured a lot, but we had never, I had never spent a night on a moving vehicle, I don't think ever. So like, so we were, you know, we were a little nervous going into it, but we were, we were excited. Um, and the funniest way to describe it, like we called it the Camp Superdope Tour before we obviously knew what it was like to be on the bus, but like, the bus really did feel like camp. Like that was the best way to describe it. It was like summer camp and we had the best group of people on the bus. The crew was great. Matoma's great. Win and Woo are awesome. Our videographer is like a homie. So it was just like the best group of people to be on a bus with for eight weeks. And, you know, it was like you just get into a nice routine. You sleep while the bus is driving. So you wake up, you're in a new city. We go, we wake up, we explore the city for a little bit, try to get a good breakfast or a good lunch. Then we post up at the venue, do our work, you know, because you got to be productive even if you're on the road. Then we do, you know, we do our show for that night and then we do it all over again. You know, we, we hang out after the show, have some beers, sit in the back of the bus, play some games. We really are lucky that we were able to, we, we finished within days of when people really started shutting off concerts. So we, you know, we finished and then two days later. Wow. <clears throat> Lucked out. Yeah. Jeez. So um, outside of music, are you looking to get into anything? Um, I mean, not, definitely not acting right now. Um, I mean, I think we're, you know, that's what's cool about kind of having a more, you know, it, it feels entrepreneurial, I guess, where music is our product, but like there's a lot of other aspects that go into it. And we, we find those fun for the most part. Like I like that it's like a business and there's other avenues, I guess, to explore. Um, and there's marketing and there's branding and there's all of this. And so I think right now, you know, there's just, there's almost like not enough time in the day for us to do everything we want to do. And so like we're, we're giving all our attention to working on new music and stuff, but, um, but I mean, yeah, we're, you know, we're just getting started. We're, it's been the trajectory that we're on has been been cool to see that it's been, you know, relatively slow, but just steady. So it's, we've been out of this for a long time, probably longer than most people probably if I had to guess probably longer than people would would assume um and so like you know it's a slow and steady growth but it's just been growing and growing so like we're just getting started and you know I'm sure there's a lot of different avenues we're gonna want to venture into yeah that's dope um so I don't want to keep you too long here because you gave us a lot of time but uh what's next for you guys musically you have any projects in the works right now yeah we got a ton and like I said you know this this time being home has given us extra time to really focus on the music and get, you know, be productive. Um, 
we're juggling a lot of different projects kind of simultaneously, but making really good progress in all of them. So we have our next single coming, uh, hopefully next month. We're working on the calendar for that, but um, yeah, we have our next next single. Then we have the follow up single after that. Then um, you know, of course, we'll work on the next big booty mix. We'll we'll plug in some remixes in the meantime. We're going to be doing a, a few uh, like live stream DJ sets for a couple uh, charity festivals and other things. Um, and then, I mean, hopefully, yeah, hopefully we'll be able to get back on the road soon because, you know, obviously got to be safe and not going to rush into it by any means. But we we love being on the road. And it's like, it, it just, yeah, it's weird being home, obviously, for many reasons. But just in general about we're just not used to being home at all. So um, th- there's a lot that we're working on that we're super excited about. And, you know, we're just going to keep grinding, keep pumping it out. So how do, how do you like this big booty mix compared to all the other ones? I mean, I, we always, we try to make it a goal that we like it the best of, you know, each one. We try to make it better than the last one, I guess. And I think, uh, you know, we, we've been learning that the more people that listen to them, obviously that's great, but that also means the more people that kind of have their opinions about like, like, you know, pe- certain ones are just more nostalgic to certain people. They associate them more with like when they were in college maybe or whatever. So people are definitely very uh, strong in their opinions about which ones are the best and which ones, you know, their rankings, which we love. I love when people are, when we see them like kind of defending their rankings and stuff. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm not just saying that. I, I would say 17 is our favorite. Um, and, you know, soon we'll, we'll get started on the next one. That's awesome. Oh man! All right, well, I, we really appreciate your time here, man. It was—it's uh, been dope. Next time you're over here, because last time you guys came to AC, I wanted to go, but if something came up, I couldn't go. But next time you guys are over here, once this shit blows over, I yeah, we, we we're usually in Atlantic City all the time. We have like a little residency at the uh, Hard Rock, so I don't know. You know, it might be a while back there, but we were supposed to be there like three or four times this summer. Yeah, yeah dude. Next time, when this blows over, next time you guys are down there, I'm definitely gonna try and make it down. But. um yeah, bro, I, I really appreciate you coming on. It's been dope. Uh, of course, yeah, anytime. Um, yeah, just hit me up if you need anything. I uh, appreciate you guys. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.